Starship Troopers eat your heart out. Welcome to Zero to 40K, the podcast where I drag my friends kicking and screaming into the Warhammer universe. I am Warhammer Walter, uh, 40K aficionado, and as with me always are my co-hosts, Sarah. Sarah, how are you today? Hey, I'm I'm good. I'm excited to talk about Spiderland. I'm- so. <laughs> was very into that. Motherhood in Spiderland <laughs> yeah. may be the best intro name uh-huh. for a section in all literature. Yes. So <laughs> good. We will dive deep in. Eric, Eric, are you you this long, long section? What are, <laughs> yeah. what are, what are your thoughts so well, far? Thank you for having me. And I've blown the last three or however many intros we've done, I've blown. So I'm gonna keep my notes short at this portion so I don't so that I don't blow this one as well. I believe in you. I believe in you. But Shannon's intro will be the best. Hi, Shannon. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing good. I mean, this felt the most like homework. There was some there was some interesting things, but I felt like I had so much more to do to to read this time. So we have a lot to cover. Seven chapters in section two. We have uh, an entirely new cast of characters gets introduced um, in this section. Another legion of Astartes is in. So, yeah, we have a lot to just uh, to just dive into. So for those of you at home, a reminder, this is section two of Horus Rising, chapters one through seven, which uh, I would like to briefly talk about how frustrating it is that in the new section, they started renumbering the chapters. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so we're back to chapter one now. <laughs> it's a choice that was made. What even book are we in? Where are we? It's chapter 11 in my notes. They <laughs> <laughs> can't tell you how to live your life. <laughs> So, yeah, my little chapter intros frustratingly have to start back over at chapter one. But anyway, chapter one, Starship Troopers eat your heart out. Better call Saul. Tarbots. <laughs> Lucius, what a schmuck. Oh, God. So, uh, God, I did not think I could hate another character right? as much as this. Yeah. And <sighs> I li- my first note in this chapter was uh, something Lucius said, and it was fucking hate this guy like, <laughs> stop talking like, if you thought we couldn't get any more jokers yeah. think again i i have a lot we'll get into it as we get to some of their interactions but i have a lot yeah. to say on <laughs> lucius reading this for this well reading this again now as much later in life versus when i first read it <laughs> the the relationship of saul and lucius hits different um <laughs> but we will get to uh we'll get to some of that uh, but yes, we start off with Saul Tarvitz, which although we're, we're already jumping ahead about how much Lucius is obnoxious and we hate him, um, Saul Tarvitz is my boy. I don't know how you all feel about Saul. I feel like they always want to put a they always want to put a Ned Stark in here a lot. <laughs> like we have too many Ned Starks. Am I wrong? I mean, I feel like how, how many what I was thinking when I was reading this, I was like, what is with all these point of view characters? We have too many point of view <laughs> characters. And it was really beginning to feel more and more like a song of ice and fire, which I know was written after or well, maybe not. Yeah. But I was surprised recently. I looked this up because I thought that series started in the eighties, but it's like 98 or something when, when yeah. Game of Thrones came out. Yeah. I think so. I think oh, but he when did these come out? I forgot when it, these came I, out. I think this... he originally started writing it as a TV show first. And huh. then, wasn't that wasn't going anywhere and then he made the novels. Am I wrong about that? Because he was writing for TV when he did that. I Beauty think. and the Beast? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Important thing. Yeah, ninety six Game of Thrones uh came out. I mean this was two thousand six. Two thousand six. Oh, okay. So so Dan Abnett probably has read himself some okay. uh germ. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and is it was like, you know, what's better than one Ned Stark is like <laughs> seven, <many>. so <laughs> a legion of Ned Stark people who take things too seriously ah, to a yeah. fault. Now, hold on, okay, I'm Space gonna, winter is coming. Gonna I'm gonna step up to defend my boy Salt Arvitz, who I love. <laughs> he is my sweet little angel of star days, who I will hear Brooke no insult to, mm. but. So Loken, I get, yes. Loken's just, he's, I'm a Starcharse, as Torgadon has to call him all the a time. What? A what? A Starcharse. Oh, He's okay, constantly yeah. being called I a Starcharse. I can't believe you brought that up before me. We, oh. haven't, got, we haven't gotten to the Starcharse <laughs> chapter. You can't. Well, we'll get you there. You can't bring that up already. Okay. <laughs> Strike from the record, Starcharse. Also, I thought that. <laughs> it's foreshadowing. I thought, that, I thought Loken was the one. They said was a star charge. Yeah, look, yeah. then that's what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I can't be bothered to listen to this. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> not listening to it later. Not listening to it while we recorded. <laughs> can't tell me how to live my life. Shannon will never listen to an episode of this podcast. <laughs> and somehow I'll still edit them, yeah. but I will not listen. <laughs> But uh, Loken, so yeah, Loken's a Ned Stark and he's like very serious and he's very mad about everybody's breaking rules or doing weird things or whatever and, and, and serious boy um but saul i think he's so aware of it like he knows what's going on in his legion and he's kind of like uh like he's kind of eye rolly about it and he's not gonna be that way but eh, you know whatever that's what the boss wants to do okay i see him as the the long-suffering like middle manager <laughs> in life who has an annoying boss and just like sort of shrugs and deals with it mm. I think he grew on me. Like, I think I grew to see him that way. But in this first chapter where we met him, I was like, uh, another just like very, you know, by the book, regimented. By the book, regimented. Mm-hmm. Like, so I, I think I see where you're coming from. But at first, because he was also very much about like, it's he said, what was the quote that I highlighted? It was, um, it was all about purity, not superiority. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, God, oh. <laughs> like. Both of those yeah. sound bad, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're not about this horrible uh, viewpoint. Yeah. We have this horrible viewpoint. Right. Um, yeah, and at first, I mean, he's just murdering spiders and yes. really excited about, like, how how interesting it is to fight giant murder spiders. We, so we should talk about giant murder spiders. So they're on spiders. the spiders. So they're on the planet of murder, uh, <laughs> affectionately named. Um, it. And it just starts right off in the middle of Saul Tarvitz is fighting horrible and one of my favorite sci-fi names for an alien species, the Megarachnid. Megarachnid. <laughs> I love a good portmanteau. <laughs> so How many big bugs do they have in the 40k verse? Because I know you got the Tyranids. Yes, although I'm familiar. not yet. Are these like the proto-Tyranids? No, although people were like, are these proto-Tyranids? They're not. Okay. Tyranids are. They don't even come from this galaxy. This is why we need They're Walter a whole different thing. Yeah. I don't even know a word yeah. you just said. So, <laughs> so whole I, you know, where I said we haven't been talking about where we are on a scale of zero to 40K. Right. But I'm still, you know, I am a little bit ahead of you, you guys because one of the first things I feel like Walter asked me to do when we moved in together was to paint like over 100 little bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Termagants for for those of you at home. Warhammer or these for, just for bugs yeah. that you collected and caught them outside in a in a glass. He would never. In. He is way more grossed out by bugs than me. So yeah. I Spooderland um, is very uncomfortable for yes, here. He's terrified by spiders. I'm not fond of spiders either. Um, I like spiders and weird. I don't like other bugs. Which spoiler? I know there's other bugs. Those oh. bugs bothered me more. That. <laughs> Right. Later bugs. But, future bugs. Yeah, future bugs. But the spiders. And I will say f- for this, honestly, 
there's a there's a weird scaling issue where it's like if you have a tiny spider, I'm like, oh, gross. And actually, there's there's a curve. <laughs> so if you have like it's... a normal size spider, it's like, oh, I hate that. That's gross. But if you have like tiny baby spiders like bursting out of things, that's mm-hmm. like the worst thing in the world. Well, yeah. And then as they it's get bigger, parab- it's per- parabola. Well, right? and then as kind of it's like a sine wave because it's like so baby tiny spiders are at the top mm-hmm. and then it gets a little bit better as we get to normal size spiders. Then the bigger the spider gets, the worse it gets <laughs> until you get to like those big tarantula or like, you know, Goliath spiders okay. or whatever but then once you get to like comically large spiders again like They're person like size dudes. spiders it's like ah, it's just a monster now yeah. it's that, that doesn't Agreed. count i don't see that it doesn't count it's not okay. it's not like the, the arachnophobia same. thing doesn't fire off right it yeah. doesn't trigger that anymore it's just like that's just a big goofy monster so and i have a whatever. question if i dressed up as a spider with like a couple extra <laughs> arms coming out and hid Somewhere in the house. This is not okay. It's not okay. I For so many levels. I'm gonna, is it where, the hiding that makes that I worse? I think it's the hiding that's the worst part. Of I that. think if you hid. Wait, he's already told me I'm costume. not allowed to hide and scare him anywhere. That's a rule. Shannon loves to do a hide and spook. <laughs> More about the jump scares than it is about. That's yeah, hilarious yeah. to me that you had to make that a rule. Yes. <laughs> that is a rule in our house. I love it. I love, I love hiding somewhere when he gets home and he doesn't know where I am in the house. And then it's like, why it's Why do you feel upset about not feeling safe in your own home? It's like, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird thing. So back to giant spiders, though. Mm-hmm. So uh, so poor Tarvitz is with this force of the Emperor's children. That We're getting the first look at another legion of space marines uh, that they arrived at this planet, dropped in. Everything's terrible. There are these horrible storms all around the planet. Uh, his force is completely cut off from everybody else's, and they're just getting mauled by giant techno biological murder spiders that are coming out of nowhere slaughtering their guys running off they occasionally manage to kill one and it's hard um and then you meet his his best bro lucius uh who is super excited to be fighting uh giant spiders because they're such good practice he's he's the um what's the what's the guy in game of thrones the sword of the morning Mm. you don't know you know who i'm talking about it's like a well, never mind. You're just gonna make everyone a Game of this Thrones. This is a Game character. of Thrones podcast. <laughs> well, it's a Song of Ice and Pivot. Fire podcast oh. now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, because he's like a master swordsman, um, and is... he's Drith's Durden, but in space right. with less, well, with he, fewer morals. Right. Swords. He has two swords. No, he has no? one sword, and then he blows off one of the limbs <laughs> of a spider I love thing, this. and says, "This is a sword." Right. <laughs> like, very like and then his 12 like, year old play acting yes right. well and then everything his, about lucius is like a 12 year old i'm yes. so excited to talk about how i feel that lucius is 12 you know what <laughs> yes. i'm just gonna go ahead and say this part which i wanted to save until later but do we think that the emperor's children are literal children? <laughs> <laughs> there are well because that's the vibe I was giving. They're changing people's sizes they're, so they could be giant children. They're literally tattling on each other. <laughs> they like yeah, it's playground yes. dynamics oh. for yes. sure. Oh, and the part where he he so he blows off the limb of this mega arachnid and he he grabs it and he's using it as a sword because it can like chop right through these little trees that are nearby and everything that's awesome um and then it cuts his hand and he just like like, i highlight he like it is cut me poking at his ruptured glove like he just seems so like (laughs) that's why i wrote the i fucking hate this guy (laughs) (laughs) oh my god he's just like oh i got a boo-boo from this thing so now this does drive into 
the reminder that space marines are child soldiers um that they get taken in as kids because that's when you can like put all the weird organs in them and everything to make them space marines and then they're like raised to be space marines. but like they're turned the process of turning them to space marines starts when they're kids and then they you know, like oh, it's our, like a Witcher situation. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. they have to implant all these organs and they get rejected plan. later on. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the Unsullied. Thank you. Back to so yeah, as we know, all fantasy and sci-fi series have to have horrible child soldiers, um, and that is Space Marine. So yeah, maybe he just has a little Arrested Development thing going on. From it gets in there and it gets really awkward in later books because they want to show these people's lives before they're space marines and they want to have them doing cool things. But it's like, man, that kid was like 10. So <laughs> it's a little weird to have them. I don't know. Having weird life experiences at 10. So, yeah, uh, fighting their way through. Um, and then we cut back and forth because we're just going to drop back and forth between characters and we see the vengeful spirits arrived. And there's a distressingly long series of pages about the minutiae of having a ship enter orbit around another ship and finding things. <laughs> and it is the most, the least riveting space opera exchange yeah. committed to I page. I'm so annoyed at just the jumps in time that I feel like were happening throughout some of these chapters where I was like, wait, what? I thought they already got here. No, they didn't. Or I he does know. that a lot. I've noticed yeah. like, as a device to he's like transitions are hard and I don't want to do them. So I'm just going to jump to a completely different point in time and and make it seem like art. Yes. (laughs) He definitely likes a, this character is going to kind of think about something and then be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go and show that scene now. I think it would make more sense if I could keep track of who all the characters are, because that's what confuses me. I'm like, wait, was maybe I was thinking of someone else that wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just confused myself. Well, and especially starting in this chapter, because we're getting a lot of like, oh, it's like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to follow these new characters and what they're doing. And then it's like, oh, yeah, back to these people. You know, these people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go show them around. And then we've got two T names for a while. Tarvitz is talking to <laughs> Torgod. Oh, Torgod. Yeah. Yeah. Who they sometimes call by his first name, Tarek. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So uh-huh. Tarvitz says to Tarek, you're like, okay, yeah. cool, great. <laughs> like, who, I'm, I'm totally clear on what's happening. Well, what I was going to say, when it does jump back to the vengeful spirit, it's actually not really to characters we know. So I was really confused for a second. Oh, right. Because it's like people that they acted like we should know who that is, but I think they were just mentioned in passing before in the first part. Yeah, they were at the briefing. Yeah, they're like commander, like. Right. Just people that work on the navigation of the ship, which has not been a focus until these <laughs> awful. Yeah, I'm not going to make a whole mirror board of yeah. all of the, the well, people I meet and their to, characteristics. You just have and, to consult that little uh, little character thing in the beginning. Well, I will mm-hmm. say I did that several times this I, yeah. time to, yeah, to varying degrees of helpfulness. <sighs> to be like who you Ing know, may sing Master of Astropaths is, yes. I feel like in this first chapter, my main takeaway was... Was just like we've had so much toxic masculinity. Can we have some wholesome masculinity, please? I feel like they kind of brought some in later, though, which I'm excited to talk about. Um, But like him being like, nope, we've got to beat everybody else to the punch. So these badasses disappeared without a trace. Let's go find them. Right. With not any plan or anything. Well, 
and and was getting to Eidolon, the Lord Commander of this group of Emperor's children, of on the long list of characters we don't yeah, like here. Right? Who's worse? That. Eidolon. I think Eidolon's worse. Huh. Lucius is just kind of a a twelve year old. Yeah, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do like that they decided to name the world Murder because of the last message from the previous oh, Space Marine that went right. down. Uh, who the Blood Angels. Um, and priest went down and then like they're getting messages and they're starting off really like, Was oh, we're fighting some guys. Are we getting ahead deal. of ourselves? Well, this no, part isn't in, in here. Oh, that's in this. Because, yeah, we flash back because we're okay. all over the place. Well, I can't keep track of this. But yeah, yeah, that reminded me a lot of like that. I, I love those scenes in movies. I love them where you have the slowly deteriorating captain of whatever captain logs like yeah. uh, right yeah like sarah paulson in serenity you remember and we're yes yes oh, yeah. mm-hmm. yes I, I i mean not that she was a captain but you know what i right. mean like people you're getting the logs from somebody in a dangerous situation <laughs> like and it starts off fine yeah. or the event horizon yes 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 yeah i haven't <laughs> thought about or that movie cast... in a long time we yeah we just watched it not that long yeah ago. well and uh, this is a segue that we can probably cut when we actually do this, but whatever. Uh, that is a Warhammer inspired movie. Oh, that thing where they travel through hell to go faster than light. That's how ships move in the Warhammer universe. And the people that wrote that were like, oh, yeah, yeah, this could have been a Warhammer movie if we got the been doing Warhammer. You could argue that Event Horizon takes place in Warhammer 2.5k or whenever uh, <laughs> Event Horizon takes place. So nice. I mean, I don't know. It's from a long time ago. So now it's probably in like 1999 or whatever. And it's like, yeah, we have spaceships and shit. And then, remember, <laughs> we had those in the 90s. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so you get the the deteriorating series of messages that culminate with this world is murder. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, that's he that's must cute. be. We should call this place murder. Literal. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Also, missed opportunity, what I was going to say earlier about the part title, is to call it Brotherhood and Murder would have been like a cool, like, double meaning, like could have had layers. Brotherhood and Spiderland just makes me laugh so hard because it sounds like an amusement park. (laughs) (laughs) At no point do they call it Spiderland. Yeah. And no, they never call it that. It does. It sounds like a rolled doll book, maybe, or something. (laughs) Yeah, like it's for kids, but kind of horrifying. Yes, yes. So. Goosebumps. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. This was yeah. definitely one of those goosebump choose your own adventures. Yes. <laughs> wow. Brotherhood in murder. Dan left it on the table, Dan. Yeah. Um, Dan, so Dan Abnett, if you're listening to this. Which we printing, know you are. Yes. We need you to fix that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we get the the long description of all of that going on. They keep dropping people down on this planet. Uh, then they don't hear from them. And then they're like, I guess we should probably send the next group of people. And then they don't hear from them. And then Eidolon shows up and they're like, so you dropped a bunch of people down there and they all died. And it's like, yeah, you haven't heard from them. It's like, yeah, it's like, well, better go down. So and down he goes. And it's, well, despite objections from everyone around right. him. And but, I was going to say, it's worse than that, too, because it's specifically because they're like, oh, but the Luna Wolves are coming. So do you want to wait? And he's like, go now, because he wants <laughs> yeah, he the wants credit. The, and, yeah. We got to get the thing. And that yeah. wraps up. Uh, yeah. Chapter one. All those people out there wondering what toxic masculinity even is. This is what it's right. about. Yes. This is. is. But should we mention the beacons in space oh. before? Because that's Ooh. at the end of this yes. chapter. Yes. There's a little section. Which seems... Like a throwaway thing. Right. Until it's not. They find out that there are these beacons nearby. And apparently the first fleet that got there is like, yeah, they're just transmitting nonsense, whatever. And (laughs) Horace is like, are we sure about? Yes. 
Um, he's like meth and music. Same. What does he say? Deep. Two sides of the same coin. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, You're so worldly. Yeah. So and then deep. it's like, we should probably get someone yes, working on this. You're deep, Horace. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, yeah, he wants to get someone to work on this, listen to these beacons. And then I think we don't hear about them for the ages. End of, yeah. 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 Until like the end of the section. Yeah. yeah. Apparently he's assigned somebody who's not very good at their job to do that. <laughs> and we don't hear about it for a long time. Mm. Um, but it will pay off. We promise. So chapter two, Saul thinks, are we the baddies? No, <laughs> it is the Xenos who are wrong. <laughs> Lucius shows off flying spooters. So we're back to the Megarachnid. We get a lot of loving descriptions of their segmented blade bedecked bodies um, and whatnot as they discuss uh, fighting them all the time. Um, so I think murder, I got murder, my, murder. sorry, I think I oh. got my answer. At least a hint at my answer. But I was, this was a moment, maybe it was a little bit in the last chapter too, where I started wondering, not knowing these books very well. It's like, these seem like they've been engineered. This doesn't seem like natural selection that they have like metal plates and blades and stuff. So I was like, is this the kind of book series or universe where things can just grow weapons through evolution? <laughs> or are we going to address, is there like a creator thing or something happening or some intelligence? And I think we get at least a hint of the answer at that. Yes. But I was definitely at this point wondering if this was like, can bugs grow guns and shit? Is that what we're dealing with? Is that just a thing that's okay? Do they okay? have guns? Did I forget that? I, I don't think they, they did. But just like if oh, they grow yeah. swords and armor, then it's not much of a leap to. <laughs> right. Um, and we get the, as I allude to in the opening, where he's like, do you, do you think these bugs have like art or culture <laughs> are they attacking well, us because are we to them the xenos and then he's like no 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 they've got to realize I, I actually pulled this entire paragraph because i thought what so he says were they driven by some emotive cause to attack the emperor's children or were they simply responding to trespass like a mound of drone insects prodded with a stick yeah dude Yes. Like, what do you mean they're they're attacking you in particular? They're singling you out. How could they do that? You're the only ones here. Yeah, you came here. You came here. It's like, Landed on their planet. I, I won't read the whole thing, but it's just like him being like, oh, maybe they fought because of jealousy. No. <laughs> no. They fought because you were trying to kill them. Right. <laughs> I do love the description that it's like they must... They must realize how perfect humans are, though, right? That's crazy. <laughs> otherwise, even these things. Yeah, maybe it's they the, it was a terrible thought is what he, that they wouldn't see the superiority. Maybe of, it's the colonizing. Yeah, <laughs> and trying to yeah. uh, like wipe out all of you. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. Um, but yeah, I really uh, I was rooting for the mega arachnids the whole time. Like, Same. yes, you got those blood angels. <laughs> Take like, that. Slay, queen. Yes. <laughs> Get them. Um, and then we have Lucius continuing to act like a child and deciding that he's going to name his special, super special Lucius sword stroke, the Lucius, <laughs> which... <laughs> I enjoy because he's learning so much fighting these and he's like, we're going to take some of these home and put them in the practice cages and it's going to be awesome because they're so much fun to sword fight. And they really dig into how this will be important as it goes on, how Lucius is like the best sword fighter in all the sword fighting and he sword fights better than anyone sword mm -hmm. fights. That's Spoiler right. alert, that's going to come the morning. up. <laughs> the sword of the something. Um, And then they finally start finding some samples of like, ah, there's there's 
they find some blood angels, like a lens from their helmet or whatever as they find and they're starting to finally realize it's like ah there's the blood angels are down here and they've all been slaughtered and they're starting to find evidence of that um as we get fighting a million billion bugs over and over and over again um they also find a giant clearing which i do like the part where they wander out there and just keep getting hit by lightning and they're like (laughs) getting hit by lightning is kind of fun like they talk about these enormous blasts of lightning and their their armor just like they're like giggling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they do say that. Do they say giggle? Yeah. There's one where they're like whatever. They're like having there a there was definitely some blast. chuckling in there. Yes. Yeah, these guys are um, kids. They're children. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say I love the murder trees. Can you describe the murder trees for our listeners? Oh, the giant. Uh, well, where are we at with the murder trees? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I skip ahead? To well, we they just they got to a clearing. Yeah. yeah. And then they find that there's giant trees in the distance. And moreover, there's flying spooters. So there's mega arachnids that can fly um, there. A number of their guys get picked up um, and dragged off into the flight, which is crazy that these bugs are apparently big enough that they can you haul these like giant power armored warriors and just whoop up they go um as they're carrying them around i think uh they almost get lucius um and lucius has to cut his uh cut his shield off to let uh let them get away you know so it drops him back into the thing saul of course does the there's a moment that i want to see on film where lucius is getting grabbed by a flying bug and flying off and saul like grabs him by the leg and you get the comical like cartoony (laughs) two people dragging (laughs) off of this person Um, before he he drops down. Mm-hmm. Oh, we also haven't talked about Lucius has now bound his spooter leg <laughs> in strips from his armor so he can hold it. And so he's doing his two sword fighting mm-hmm. with like his sword and a disembodied leg from one of these mega. I love it. It's so he won't cut himself again. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, it cut me. <laughs> it has cut me. He don't like it. Um, and then we get to these, the trees and... Now Lucius discovered they had a purpose after all. Is this the part you're talking about? Yeah. With the the bodies of the taken Astartes were impaled upon the thorns of the trees, rammed onto the stone spikes, their armored shapes skewered into place, allowing the winged Megarachnid to feed upon them. The creatures, their wings now stilled and quiet and extended, long and slender, out behind their bodies like bars of stained glass, were crawling over the stone trees, gnawing and biting, using their hooked head crests to break open thorn-pinned armor to get at the meat within. (laughs) So... These trees are apparently for delicious space marine buffet mm. sort of yeah. thing. I love it. I love everything about these trees. <laughs> so, um, and of course that makes, and of course that has to end with at last they found out what had happened to the blood angels. Bum, bum, bum. Bugs and things. And then for a huge uh, uh, change in theme and feel and tone, we get to chapter three, Loken joins a book club. <laughs> A bunch of folks can't say. Carcassy makes a new friend. <laughs> they can't say. They can't say. So we just, again, we cut right away. Uh, Dan Abnett likes to go right from the action to people reading. So that's the description as we see what Cinderman has been up to. And Cinderman's not been doing so well since the event at the Whisperheads. And I've been sitting on a Nina Simone joke, waiting for the perfect Cinderman, Cinderman, Cinderman <laughs> Joke to make, and I think we finally arrive there here? at this time. <laughs> this will be this will be when he is the sinner man. Um, well, but oh, oh no! I just wanted to say when when we opened on him finding like Cinderman 
guiltily or embarrassedly reading guilty pleasure books. I was like, is he reading 40K novels? Uh, <laughs> he sort of is. I know, yeah. I realized that later. He is reading, later. it turns out, histories of like the pre-unification era. So like <laughs> all of these like over-the-top battles that happened on Terra before the Emperor cleaned everything up. Mm, doing things that no man could really right. do. Right, like so. nonsense. So crazy. Over-the-top nonsense <laughs> over the top things. Violence. And barbarianness, I feel like, like is what he's saying. I apparently can't think of the right word for it, but and apparently some, uh, and apparently some bad poetry. Mm. Yeah, um, but we also see that I, he I has like imagine, he has an underlying. I like to imagine the bad poetry he's listening to is a little like that limerick book we found in your in your dad's collection, the dirty <laughs> I limericks. Forgot about that book. Yes. So, <laughs> Did, oh yeah, we should. You should. <laughs> we should. When read, we were read read for one. background here, if I I don't know where that book is because we need to convert some of those poems to forty k. I think we have. So the next, the last section of this book is actually pretty short. So extra homework may be forty k limericks. <laughs> okay. Um, for reference, uh, we've said out, it. We have to do it. Yeah, yeah we have yeah. to do it. It's the rules. Cleaning out my father's house, uh, I found amongst his effects. My dad was a big reader, tons of books, a lot of very good books, and amongst them, just a giant book of dirty limericks. Just <laughs> huge, just real thick, dirty. <laughs> like you, th- like hardback, thick book of dirty limericks. Like you kind of would expect a dirty limerick book to be like a cheap paperback, like bathroom book. No, no, this is a tome. We of filthy limericks. <laughs> so, there once was a man from 1420. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's, I th- yes, I presume the poetry he's reading are dirty limericks. We also do discover later on that he has sort of ulterior motives for reading some of these old things mm-hmm. that we'll get to as we go. Um, and he gives Loken a cool book to read called the what? The Chronicles of Ursh. Um, which I just want to always read as like a Will Smith, welcome to Ursh line. <laughs> he didn't actually say that, by the way. He uh, said Earth, not Earth. But we always wanted to be welcome to Ursh. That's a that's a uh, man- Mandela effect. Right. Yeah. But so jumping back real quick. Sorry. So you skipped the part that it's important for my oh, well, Nina Simone reference, well, which enough. is that Loken is looking for him almost as if he was saying, oh, Cinderman, where have you got where have you run to? <laughs> And then Cinderman answers, uh, please hide me. I run to the stacks. <laughs> okay, you just, that's it. That was, you just had that all locked away, <laughs> ready to In go. chapter one, I was like, there's going to be a Cinderman joke at some point. <laughs> there's and, a joke here. And I'm going to find here it. Here it is. And it will be. We will, I'm going to torture it out of yes. here. <laughs> it's here and it's yep. done. We have now, we're going to frame this little section. Of the podcast, just mm-hmm. for that. Nailed it. Right. It's my contribution today, I assume. <laughs> done and done. Um, but they chat about, again, he's spooked about what happened to the Whisperheads. And they he gives him a cool book to read because he talks about how it's like it was his childhood and makes him feel better about reading things, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then... He also tries to get his advice on Carcassy, which we discover that... Uh, Carcassy, after getting the shit kicked out of him, has apparently been uh, relegated to Loken to be looked after. Mm. So disappointing. Well, Loken offered. <laughs> well, right. That because uh, Mercedes, uh, Mercedes. Asked him to do, Mercedes mm-hmm. asked him to do so. Never been more disappointed in her in my whole, <laughs> in whole book. I know. I'm like, yes. him? <laughs> There's actually a part I later. I don't know why. Yeah. We'll, I don't... we'll get to with that that I like. Go ahead. Um. Then he's cleaning out. He has to go clean out Jubal, 
of of the ex Jubal <laughs> thing, um, cleaning out his locker. Yeah. He seems surprised that they don't like have anything, and it's like you don't have anything. None of these people <laughs> have anything. Like what? You don't have possessions. And I like that they apparently just sleep on like a crude cot. Mm-hmm. Like it's on this fancy spaceship, and you just imagine this like big room with just like a crude cot in the section and like one locker and it's just sad well they didn't Um, have any beds big enough for them right (laughs) so and he finds a medal and it's got a wolf head on it and he's real concerned about it and he asks his his number two vipus about it and he says winter's coming i can't say (laughs) sorry doesn't the witcher wear a wolf thing so do you think they'll use the same one as a as a little Easter egg Ooh, when they make that the show, would be fun. Yeah. just have the same. And yeah, Henry Cavill can. I just, can't. He stole all of that from the Witcher set when he I left. Can't say when he literally means he he's not allowed to say. Right. Yeah. And um. I just like hearing Loken be so like, oh, he's he was part of one of these things, these fraternities. Right. And and he's so weird about it. I'm like, dude, you literally just joined a fraternity and had a whole moon ritual. <laughs> <laughs> he was in his defense. He was uncomfortable with the moon ritual. too. OK, OK. He has like... to be dragged kicking and screaming into every ritual. And everyone has to be like, no, no, no. It's cool, dog. It's not magic. <laughs> he sort of reminds me of like like a kid raised super religious that like is going out into the world for the first time. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to go trick or treating. It's like, isn't that the not like the devil's holiday? And it's like, no, no, it's just it's candy, man. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about yeah. it. And like everything they encounter, it's like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's the devil. Are we allowed to do that? Mm-hmm. And that's Loken every time someone has a meeting. As someone who was raised super religious, <laughs> that is painfully accurate. Because <laughs> it also fits his vibe that as soon as he gets there, he's like, oh, OK, cool. Like, he doesn't really firmly believe that it's not OK. He's just that's what he's been told. And then as soon as he gets there, he's like, oh, this is chill. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah we're just having a sweet moon ritual. And and, and that's how the devil gets. Right. Well, as we learned, <laughs> the devil laughs. he was. Yeah, we may discover later on that maybe he was right the whole time. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> Are you spoilers? Who would have thought? Because there's no I more mean, foreshadowing about there's no Stardust fighting. It would never occur. (laughs) Um, But he finds out that he's they talk about these warrior lodges that are amongst the legions and that the emperor doesn't like these lodges and that they're real close to the Lectio Divinitatis, which the the creed that supports that the emperor is a god and that they're all very uncomfortable with that. And he's worried that, you know, Jubal was in one of these groups, et cetera, et cetera. And then where. Oh, and then does this one? No, this isn't where he checks in on Keeler yet. No, 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 no. We'll get to Oh, this is where he checks in on Carcassy. And I do love we're talking about like you're disappointed in Mercedy for uh, telling, you know, to asking Loken to intercede on Carcassy's behalf. But I do like it's like you have persuasive friends, Olaton and Keeler, too. And he says, Captain Loken, I had no idea I had persuasive friends. In point of fact, I had little notion I had friends at all. So I don't know. I like him. So Carcassy <laughs> warms on me as these chapters would. go on. Um, he's just a lot of like his lines like I could give someone a bad name just by standing next to him. I just, you know what's so funny about that is I'm pretty sure I wrote that down as a reason I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, oh, shucksy, you know. Uh, yeah, I guess. You <laughs> know what? I, I think self-deprecation only goes so far when you just literally continue to be an asshole. <laughs> uh, and I do love the line about how Loken thinks Malagurst likes an underdog 
Sir, never has a dog been so much under. <laughs> that is a pretty good That's one. That's a good one. Okay, yeah. fine. That's right. a good one. I'll See. concede. See? Any. He was gross towards one of the female characters. Right. Yeah. I think besides that, I'm chill with them too. Yeah, I, that Wandering makes Wandering around that makes sense with to his me. poetry book me. and his wine. <laughs> that makes sense to me, uh, Eric, that you... That you in particular would like this character. Yeah, he's, <laughs> it, for my Enneagram heads, in a book full of Enneagram type ones, he's our one, maybe our only type four. <laughs> do you have, do you secretly have your, uh, what is it, like something number seven, uh, the creamy page notebooks that he had custom made? I never wanted to hear about those again. We're going to hear about the creamy yeah. page notebooks. I'm gonna, I have like I'm ordering a box literally like four different journals at home <laughs> that I use, so I think it, so it counts. Right on Team Carcassy. Um, but he agrees that uh, he will have to submit everything to Loken, but he gets to stay with the fleet. And of course, he has to continue to say the truth, even though occasionally the truth gets him the shit kicked out of him in bars because um, he shouts the truth into the face of a bunch of soldiers. So that <laughs> yeah. was awful. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's what I really didn't like about him. It wasn't just about how he treated women. It's that it's that. um that just telling the truth, I'm just a truth teller, is kind of a popular refrain amongst people who are just being assholes. Yeah, I, I, and I do and, fully agree with that. Yeah, and and so that's... That is frustrating. That's something that I find very frustrating about this character. I'm sure they have a good reason for keeping him around. I can't see what it is. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. I think that, you know, it's a common refrain among certain parts of our current population of, oh... He just says it like it is, and mm-hmm. that is like the same vibe I get about this yeah. guy. Sometimes. So I guess let me go on the record and say I like all the artsy stuff. But <laughs> yeah. the more you guys talk, there's like a lot of things I'm glossing over with Carcassy that he can be funny. Oh like yeah, the, you like don't a... you don't think Tucker Carlson has a box of those notebooks <laughs> <laughs> for his telling it I don't like think it Tucker is. Tucker Carlson can read. <laughs> he had a bunch. He of owns them to put on a shelf, oh, so he yeah. looks red and studious. It cut into his bow tie budget, so had he to go. hasn't had but bow ties in a long time. Oh. And look, Matt Smith saved the bow ties. Okay, Shannon's here to defend the bow tie. Bow ties are cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we get through Carxy. Carxy agrees to submit everything through him. Um, then we get to Axamond, Little Horace, as you'll remember, wee baby Horace, um, wants to chat with Loken about these lodge activities. And Loken gets real concerned. Uh, he invites him to a meeting. Uh, Loken's real stressed about it, um, but he finally agrees, since it's Little Horus, that he will attend the meeting. Dun dun dun! And then right back to spiders. So, <laughs> chapter four: Saul blows his load. Idolon is a big old piece of shit. Lucius gets covered in a wet load. I- <laughs> There's too many loads in this section. So I'm so glad because that was my number one comment. And you already made it. Yay. Yeah, we're all thinking about loads. So Happily, loads. that was really drew my attention because I read it and it didn't land. And then Shannon was listening to it in the living room, and I just caught the part where he got he caught under a wet room. load. He walked into the room and it I, said something about him getting caught under well, a wet load. I'm like glued in a wet load oh, yeah. even. It's yeah. so bad. We'll get it's right so to the I line. missed every load reference apparently. Really? I'm totally... <laughs> I highlighted I mean, I remember passage. him being gooped in something. They said but, yeah. wet, wet load. Yeah. Specifically and to be fair, the first part is me just leaning into the loads. Because, hmm. um, you know, I got loads on my mind at this point. But 
uh, as they go. <laughs> I'll stand by it. I'm not ashamed. I, I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so what we have is Saul Tarvitz deciding that he's going to blow up this tree because he's mad that a bunch of his friends are dead on the tree. Fair. So he gets right. <laughs> it's already already a thing. Um, and he's going to grab all of the explosive charges and blow up this tree. And Lucius is like, you're being dumb. We might need those later. You shouldn't bother with this because it's silly, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, and then we realize that I don't think Sol Tarvitz is very good with explosives because they like set all these bombs. And these are professional super soldiers. Mm-hmm. And they set all these bombs and they start running away. And then they're like, don't look behind you. And he's like, going to look behind me. And all mm. the bugs are flying up. And then the bomb explodes and everyone is hilariously too close. Like they talk about one guy gets like thrown across the room and breaks his arm. And it's like, don't you know how big this is? Like, aren't you good at this? Like, Mm. I understand. He's no specialist. It seems weird that professional super soldiers don't know how close they can stand to these bombs that they're setting (laughs) off. But here we go. Um, But they blow up the big tree. Uh, Everything's great, especially because you discover two happy, happy accidents as a result of that and the first one being that all the other emperor's children on the planet are like holy shit a tree blew up we should go see what that is and everyone gathers together and again at this point no one had thought of doing anything to signal anyone else they're like ah, radios don't work i guess there's literally no way to talk to anybody well i can see why they would be hesitant to do that because anything you do to get attention to those people would also draw the attention of the bugs. I guess most of the time, but it seems like I, what I can't draws... believe I can't believe I'm defending Saul. Goodness, <laughs> yeah. but well, you're defending everyone else who told Saul he was an idiot. Saul's like, we're blowing stuff up. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so huh? Eidolon's no, like, I'm... don't set bombs off. No, I'm defend. I'm defending him. Oh, you think you're pro? I'm saying bombs that off. this is. Yeah, because he at least took out a bunch of bugs when he did it, and he took down what seemed to be their favorite way of killing people, right. which was sticking yeah. them to a tree. Catching people. I mean, so no, I'm 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 pro solid. Well, there you go. Moment. Well, good. You're pro my boy. Uh, right now. Yes, because everyone else <laughs> is emphatically against him. Because you meet his commander Eidolon, and some of his group show up, and they're all like. Why'd you use all your bombs on that? And he's like, and no, 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 he, hold on. And Lucius says, I told him not to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I told him not to, Dad. This is absolute tattletale. Yes, people are getting <laughs> told on. But then Lucius also gets told out because Eidolon's like, what the hell are you holding there? And he's like, cool sword that I made. <laughs> that's true and he says shame on you using an enemy's claw like a sword okay so so here's something though that i i I highlighted this sentence and i want to talk about this is like why i think idol i mean i think idolon's so stupid for so many reasons but he this is where they're they're telling them hey the the corpses of blood angels were up there and he's kind of like we haven't seen that I guess Captain Captain Antius says, oh, we haven't seen that. And then Eidolon says, it might explain what happened to them. It's like, you think you think all their corpses on this tree might explain what happened to them? <laughs> I don't know why that line of dialogue bugged me so much. Well, and speaking of Antius, th- there's an exchange that I want to get to. Oh, OK. Because I think it's insane <laughs> um, as it goes. But uh he says, the corpses of blood angels, Lord, Tarvitz nodded, and men of the Imperial, Arm- Imperial Army Force, too. 
We've not seen that, Captain Antaeus remarked. Might explain what happened to them, Eidolon replied. Antaeus was one of Eidolon's chosen circle and enjoyed a far more cordial relationship with his lord than Tarvitz did. Have you proof, Antaeus asked Tarvitz. I destroyed the trees, as you know, sir, Tarvitz said. So you don't have proof. My word is proof, said Tarvitz. And good enough for me, Antaeus nodded courteously. I meant no offense, brother. It's like... <laughs> what? what was the purpose of any of that? You're like, hey, I found a bunch of dead blood angels on a tree. Do you have proof of that? I just told you it's true. Oh, good enough. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but then it's also not good enough. Yeah, later. they have to go it's... dig up the bodies. Well, that's Eidolon being just a dick yeah. about More like Eidol Dong. Oh, <laughs> hey. Da, 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 da. I wish I had a little. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. We, can we can add, add that, that in post. post. Yeah. Or just actually a quote of me going. Bah, bah, bah. Okay. That'll be the sound effect. I'll sample that for you later. I hope all of this stays in so it's totally meta (laughs) us talking about how the sound effect is going to occur. Anytime we dunk on someone. (laughs) Um, But he sends them off to go dig through the dirt, basically, and find Blood Angel's parts. Um, And he makes Lucius go, too, because Lucius was, I think, standing next to Tarvitz and they're mad about everything. And then we get to the part that I really wanted to talk about of Tarvitz or Lucius grumbling that Tarvitz kind of got him in trouble and that they're having to go dig through the dirt looking for pieces of Blood Angel armor. Um, And we get to. Shut up, Tarvitz told him on a closed channel. Consider this ample payback for your kiss-arse display to the Lord Commander. What are you talking about, Lucius asked. I told him it was a waste, Lord, Tarvitz answered, mimicking Lucius's words in an unflattering voice. (laughs) (laughs) And so when I read this back in the day, a long time ago in in the heady days of 2006 when I was a young man, um, it's just sort of like, oh, these two guys are just sort of giving each other shit. Now it's like we could have a romantic comedy about Ooh. Tarvitz and mm-hmm. Lucius. Yes. Like yeah. whenever Lucius is getting dragged away and like he's up yeah. here, like he, 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 like you said, they were flying away and he's on there. Like he cuts himself loose and then they tumble together on the ground. One of them landing on top of they each land, other. They land like They're face close, to face. Like, yeah. like in, like in Captain America and Winter Soldier. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> and I mean, I can just talk about this being like, it, it gives me very, like if you've all watched uh, Our Flag Means Death, like a real steed and and Ed mm-hmm. vibe, you know, it's like the sort of stoic, you know, good, accomplished person, like a person who's like nice and generally pleasant to be around. And then like the sort of murderous, violent person. But, you know, he's but he's, he's young and naive deep down. So so Tarvshus Lushitz. <laughs> oh, Lushitz is not a good <laughs> no, ship name. Lushitz. Lushitz. It's got to be Lushitz. Shits is maybe the worst ship name that is, has ever been conducted. Is there Warhammer slash fiction? I'm, I'm literally uh, looking that up right now. <laughs> that is literally why I picked up my phone. No one can see this. But I, I, um, I unfortunately don't see Lushitz in here, but maybe uh, we this can. This is our first call I just want to know if it exists oh, uh, in general. This is our first call to action for listeners. Um, if you want to write some Lushitz. <laughs> Fan fiction. We would love to read it. It can also be Tarshus if you prefer. <laughs> no, it's Lucius. It's, Lucius. it's gotta be Lucius. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> and as it is, but then because it starts off with them being mad mad at each other, and then you know, Lucius is like, hey, the boss is gonna yell at us sometime because we fuck up and we have to just accept that and be cool about it. And he's like, I made a mistake. I used this this Xenos arm sword and he was right to call me out on it. And Saul's like, I told you it was Xenos twice. And he's like, you did. And I owe you an apology for that. I'm sorry. And he's like, I know I mock you for that. 
I'm sorry. I hope we're still friends. Like that is the most 12 year old. Like we've had one fight (laughs) and it's like, are we still friends? (laughs) (laughs) These people have known each other. They talk about that, that Lucius is a little younger than Saul. Saul's fought since the beginning of the crusade. So for hundreds of years, conservatively, they have been friends for decades <laughs> and they have a fight on this planet and it's like are we still friends yeah. <laughs> it's like we've been friends for 50 years yes well, it, at some point in that exchange it even says that lucius is hurt like yeah but we are friends <laughs> like, yeah just 12 like we're just yeah <laughs> he's just just an adorable little dumb baby yeah and that is how it's going to be so yes readers get us some lucius uh slash fic <laughs> so we can really dig deep uh into this um, but they dig around. They, I mean, they spend a distressing amount of time digging through the dirt, looking for armor bits, and they find a hat, and it's great. Um, and they come back when they realize that Eidolon's position is being attacked. The the Megarachnids are assaulting again. They also find out, and this we're really getting at, that the Megarachnid have a you know some sort of society and structure and whatever, because a bunch of other bugs come up and they start rebuilding the tree. And Tarvitz is like, not on my fucking watch. I blew up that tree. (laughs) So they go and fight these giant construction critters and everything, which is when we have the fight that was described as simple infanity insanity. And we get to, yes, a clade with spatulate arms bearing a cargo of wet, milky cement fell apart under his sword strokes and dying dumped its payload on him. Lucius fell, his arms and legs glued together by the wet load. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if it's the time or perhaps that it's English versus American. There's a lot of trends in 40K literature that don't land the same with American audiences. This may be an example of it. There will also be later on, you will hear a lot about the taint of chaos. Oh, I wrote down and, the taint of chaos. Oh, of chaos. Yeah. This is not the first. I don't remember what book it's in, but there is one where he felt the taint palpably on his tongue. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> So, so I thought maybe our, you were exaggerating a little bit about I was like the word taint has yeah, lots of meaning, of meaning but no, that's, it's not often on the tongue. Our British and listeners, which we surely have. <laughs> oh, obviously. We surely have at least Henry Cavill. Right. Yeah. We have yeah. one British yes, listener at least. Yes, yeah. Uh, let us know if you guys know what a taint is. Yeah, and a wet load. Yeah, yeah what is wet load in your <laughs> lexicon? <laughs> Use it in a sentence, please. <laughs> And the fact that Dan started that sentence with the word payload, uh-huh. he could have just used that again, yeah. right? Or is it glued together by the cement? Because he also calls right, it cement. Right, there yeah. are so many just, Yeah, gotta watch out for the wet load. <sighs> oh, God. I wrote, that's my comment there, because I'd written that Lucius was 12. I wrote a comment here. I am 12. <laughs> I all... had to pause. So... Um, there were, sometimes he writes things that feel so in a certain time period. That is not 30K or whatever we're in right now. Um, Fishwives. Fishwives, yes. One of them was in this. Are we still in chapter four? Chapter Uh, four. Um, Eidolon was so clearly punishing the troops. It wasn't funny. Or they said it wasn't funny. What? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Eidolon was so clearly punishing the troop. It wasn't funny. It wasn't even funny, (laughs) y'all. It wasn't even funny. (laughs) That's that's, a... 
Tarvitz is getting on his uh, his TikTok to complain about his boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sort of I don't think there. the TikTokers say it. It wasn't yet. Okay, he's I, getting on his. I think that it's his us Facebook elder millennials and yeah. uh, late Gen Xers who right. say it's he's, the psych generation. He's on his Facebook <laughs> live stream. <laughs> He's on his Salt Harvest's Tumblr. Yeah. Um, but yes. Um, but they are they're fighting. Wet loads are fell. Um Tarvitz is of course there to defend Lucius standing over him, preventing him from being being killed by things. And then dun 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 da other things start attacking. They f- drop pods are plummeting to the earth, and they are rescued by none other than Tarek Targadin. Which, again, for those of you who might be reading these things for the first time, it's frustrating that he just goes, this guy that we almost always hear is Torgod and shows up and he's like, my name is Tarek. How are <laughs> yeah. you? Yeah. And it can take a moment to be like, oh, oh, right, that guy. Yeah. So I had to go look at the front and see who that was. Right. I did not remember that that was like, his name. I'm surprised he didn't lead right off with a joke, but uh, he gets to them pretty quickly. Um, actually, the next chapter, well, we'll get to, this is Primo Tarek. Um and and some of my favorite Tarek bits. So. I actually found him pretty funny in this chapter. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so chapter five, Horace hates bunting. The Mornival makes some dudes cry. Loken attends a costume party. Um, <laughs> were they wearing costumes? Well, they're wearing that? big robes okay. and whatnot. We'll get to. We're actually back. I don't think we're actually going to get to the Tarek being a real cool guy because Dan Abnett has to take us back again to them arriving at the. Uh, the vengeful spirit arriving and meeting all of these other people that dropped a bunch of troops in there and then Horace showing up and everyone just being a super big old dick to all the people that fucked up. Um, so I, I just want to mention before I forget that this also has one of those um, what I'm going to call germ names where they just change something. Uh, <laughs> but but it, I think it's worse when they're saying it on the audio because it kind of the Nathaniel. OK, <laughs> yeah. so it sounds actually when they say it on the audio book, it sounds just like Nathaniel, but with an M. Right. So like I was thinking like M for Mancy, <laughs> M for Nathaniel. It's like, you listen, know. yes, it's N- M as in Nathaniel, <laughs> as we all know, the normal name people have. <laughs> It's like uh, almost a real name. Right. It's almost, yeah. yeah. It's a germ name. Yeah. It's it's like in um the DD movie with Jarnathan, but not played for laughs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yes. we're there. It's funny because his name's <laughs> Jarnathan. But here it's like no giggles to be had. Oh, Just yes. like Nathaniel. That's it's been twenty-eight thousand years. We almost have the name Nathaniel. But it's tweaked just a titch. Mm-hmm. So still better than Peter with an extra E. Well, yes. Like. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs that. Yeah. Um, and I do dig uh, Horace, like the the whole fleet gets up. They see that somebody from the Luna Wolves is coming up, but then they don't know that it's Horace. So when Horace heads out there, the guy that's in charge of this fleet that fucked up, like almost pees himself. Um, <laughs> and it's I, I think it's a cute scene. Actually, it's like, I can't even bow. I'm sorry. I forgot how right, to do yeah. it. It's, You're so beautiful. Please marry me. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets a big old hug. Yeah. He gets Horace actually well, comes in, which. Considering the size difference between them, mm-hmm. must be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, he's hugging his belly button. Right. He's, well, he, has to, he clearly has to like kneel down and just envelop this tiny man um, as he gives him a big old hug. But I do like that he, you know, he comes up and he's like, "Hey, I like that you didn't bow." And he's like, 
I I can't. I don't I don't remember how. Like he's so <laughs> blown away by how fancy Horace is. Mm-hmm. Um, has a big old crash on Horace. Well, yeah, but it's a good it's a good bit that I like. Yeah. Um, and then the whole time we have Horace is being super nice, and he's like, "Hey, these guys are trying to do their thing. I understand where you're coming from." And all of the uh, Mortifall are just being big old tools, and it's a great scene. <laughs> good cop, bad it. cop, yeah. Yeah. cop in yeah, space. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So and just a bunch of me, just a bunch of mean zingers. Even Loken gets in on the joke. I know. So which loosening up a little bit. Yes, I love the. Again, we get back to back Torgaden good chapters. Yeah. Where. Oh. Oh no! I just want no. Go ahead. Oh, just where. It's like, or was Lord Eidolon simply hungry for glory? And he's like, Captain, you offend the honor of the Emperor's children. It's like that may be indeed be what I'm doing. Yes. (laughs) It's like ah. Um, no, I just wanted to point out my favorite sentence of this whole chapter, which I, we were talking about the taint earlier, but my favorite sentence was, if it was tainted, then Aximan's present meant the taint ran profoundly deep. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't do it. It just isn't, isn't what we need. The deep taints. Deep taints. The deepest of taints. Um, Um, I, I just say about this scene, what I liked is that honestly, though, Loken's kind of just being a dick. The rest of them are doing it because they know that Horace is setting it up for them. Like, I have to be the good cop, so you're the bad cop. No, and Loken no, no. Is just, but Loken doesn't get it until later, specifically. What? No, I thought he knew this He picks time. up on it as it goes, but really? he's already started being a dick yeah. before he picks. Are we sure? Because I yeah, thought it said so. that he told them ahead of time. Well, no, no. and then... Because they they when they're done, Horace turned and looked at the forum. Thank you, friends. Well played. And then it's he explains that Aximon quietly briefs him on like, hey, this is what we're doing here. He's got to seem nice and we're going to be real mean. I thought he briefed him ahead of time. Oh, you're right. I yeah. missed that. I okay. missed the past tense. Sorry. Yeah. That's, so. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was paying more attention. You were. You were paying here. more attention. You what? didn't get pulled in by, <laughs> yes. the, by the abnet twist. Yeah. The, <laughs> the ju- time jumping. Yeah. Like, it's not really, but it's... Literally within a ch- sub-chapter yes. paragraph of no, being like, oh, yeah, I'm, by the way, he said this to him before they got to the meeting. Yeah. Yes. So you're right. That's I, what, I missed that. So yeah, good for Loken. Yeah, I know <laughs> Loken was finally in on something. Yeah. Uh, yes, he's finally realizing what's going on. One of the boys. Right. Yeah, but we're finally getting. Okay, so this is the Star Charge chapter. I I think I want to ask some questions. Do they use starch? <laughs> I do they to, use starch in the 40k? I mean, I what pres- are they using the starch for? I mean, I presume it's for like their uniforms and stuff. I thought they all wore metal all the well, time. Well, no, like the Space Marines do, but like okay, other so, soldiers probably have like. So you think they uniforms. starch their? Like, I think some people okay. have starched uniforms. Yes, mm-hmm. I would assume. Okay. Um, all right, then I'll I'll accept this right. as a. It's fine. It's better this is, than fishwives. This is like, but it's weird that they're talking about again a thing that they don't personally wear. Because they just seem to wear robes right. and power armor all the time. But <laughs> there's a bunch of people around robes. them. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're really crisp lines on those robes. <laughs> <laughs> These robes are they're not regimented robes. You know, I, I mean, in the 90s, my brother definitely starched his jeans. So, you know, these are things. Wow. Yeah, you had to have that crease, you know, yeah. you on the front to. of your jeans. <laughs> no, but this is you guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to edit it later. <laughs> <laughs> now we know where it is. <laughs> Know where it will be now. The the beep noise for where to insert okay. that is. I like the idea of Shannon editing a previous time Walter making the noise on top of the time that he just did it. <laughs> 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 
Podcast editing is her passion. <laughs> oh my god, is that how that's going to turn out? Yeah. <laughs> um, but we get to uh, they're trying to figure out what to do, and they discover that there's a break in the storm uh, that's going on. Targodden is all about like I want to get down there. I want to. I want to rescue our brothers. Um, we're gonna re- save the day. Horace is is hesitant because he's like, I just chewed a bunch of people out for doing exactly this. I don't want to drop it in. He's like, no, no, it's going to be fine. And then they get word that there is Vox Imperial traffic going on down there and that people are alive and Torgotten is given the go ahead to get some drop pods together and drop in. Um, and then instead of actually getting to that, we see people uh, chatting about getting the drop pods ready. I think there's some oath takings are done. And then we get to see Loken going to his meeting, which, again, right before the big action scene. It's honestly just the whole most wholesome people connecting. We're here to support each other, mm-hmm. getting to know your coworkers. It sounds like a real lodge. Like, yeah. my grandfather was a member of like the Elks, Elks or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Oh, could he not say? Like if you asked him where he was going. What's the one on the I have a different. I have a mason on a different buffalo. part of my family. Yeah, they, something like that. They were more hush-hush. Okay. The elks, I think, were chill. Yeah. yeah. Except that, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they snuck a stripper Listen. in or something. Occasionally. <laughs> it was kind of my impression, you know? If there's, Fred there's and the Barney thing, the 60s, from the Flintstones 70s. can be in a lodge, yeah. then I think it's okay. But there's a lot of can't says in the scene. Um, there's a lot of Logan bringing a murder knife. To the meeting, which I like that he has like under his robe. I think I'm ready. He's got his little murder knife ready to go. And then it's just like a bunch of his best friends um, kind <laughs> of expected there to be like a cake or something. But they do reveal that somebody brought a bunch of like meat and bread and like they get some wine and that the whole thing is that the lodge is just a place for folks to chat and drink and some beers, drink some, have some beers, you know, uh, get to talk to people that they wouldn't normally talk to. Uh, we get a person that I vaguely remembered from like a way earlier chapter that Logan had a bit of a, a showdown with. Mm, and I remember that. Yeah, And he's like, I thought you were an asshole, but now I've been chatting with you. I think you're pretty cool. So lodges are great. <laughs> <laughs> Look at- I did not buy that. I thought he was just giving a hard sell for the lodge. <laughs> they, I, they, they planned that out ahead of time. They're yeah. like, all right, here's how we're going to do this. But they uh, meet, they, they have a good old time. And then my favorite part, though, is that afterwards they have like a little like down meeting time like you know after they get through the official business it lasts for two hours they have some wine they have some bread and food um and torgodden tells a bunch of jokes so i do imagine that a distressing amount of lodge material is torgodden like practicing his like tight 15 <laughs> he's like stand no, up no. routine yeah it's like i'm gonna go we're gonna have our meeting later on what's the deal uh, with drop pods right. <laughs> there's an open mic night that he's real excited to attend later on he's got to yeah. practice what is the deal with wet loads? Am I right? <laughs> um, it does get referred to at one point as an informal organ, which I'm not 100% comfortable <laughs> with the phrase. But Makes the wet loads an even more it's, appropriate. It sounds. Once you get looking for these, it it's hard. Ah, no. yeah. My informal <laughs> organs <laughs> are looking <laughs> for these <laughs> wet loads. <laughs> an extra one we want to have a lot of options for how they go um but he loken decides that maybe these uh these lodges aren't so bad and he misjudged it and there's no devil worship here 
and they need to replace Udon, the noodle guy. Um, <laughs> and so maybe he'll he'll think about joining these lodges and it'll be OK. He can't say. He can't say. <laughs> and everyone has a big like it could have ended an episode at this with like them all pausing. I freeze, frame. Freeze, frame. Like, yeah, freeze frame laugh. <laughs> I Two of them in the back high fiving. <laughs> <laughs> Having a blast. Um, <laughs> there's a moment of Torgaden and him walking down back to their like place and Torgaden bragging that he can like jump up and hit his hand on a pipe that's going on is very <laughs> weirdly. <laughs> It's a very weirdly high schooly kind yes. of uh, moment yes. here. Another freeze frame moment yeah. in midair. Yeah, this is that's that scene was of him weird. jumping up and hitting the pipe. That's the '80s sitcom opening mm. scene. You see Tarek Torgaden played by. That's right. I don't know. Tarek Torgaden. Yeah, but played by like no, a beat. by both. By Tarek. Okay, himself. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and it's like a picture of him like turning to face the camera, and then like behind him, it's the scene of him like jumping up and slapping the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, maybe helping Lucius get out of his wet load. I don't know. All those scenes would be bundled into the opening. But that leads us back to chapter six, in which dicks are measured. Oh, shockingly, yeah. Eidolon continues to be a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Keeler gets laid. So oh, yeah. we're getting into. Good for her. So yeah, right. Good on. <laughs> Except but, she seems to be having going through. Yes, she's she's self medicating with she's, sex. She's going through some trauma. Um, but first, we lead to Torgaden heading down to the planet. He's rescued all the Emperor's children. Um, Eidolon shows up, and there is just again. If you want your toxic masculinity, Ugh, they we're have back to it. Yeah. They have a figurative dick sh- measuring contest and a literal shoving match. Yeah. Yes. So. I said, this is my second note on this one. I said, well, first I said, finally, our storylines and characters are coming together. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, but the second one I said was Eidolon and Torgaden getting into the biggest dick measure. Well, I said dick waving contest. Sure. Yeah. Well, they have but to measure them as part of the They have to waving. wave them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I did feel like it was, I mean, there's been a lot of them. But mm-hmm. this one was the the most egregious and the part that really strikes me is so earlier, Jubal murders a guy mm-hmm. and Loken's like, what? In a Stardace fighting in a Stardace? <laughs> what? And then immediately here, uh, Torgaden's like, hey, Eidolon, you're a big old piece of shit. <laughs> and his bodyguards draw swords. Yeah. Like immediately, <laughs> like, we're going to fuck this guy up. Uh-huh. And it's like, where's all this hesitance well, for them fighting? Maybe I don't understand, but are the children of the emperor separate somehow from most of these guys most of the time? Because they seem to act like they have hardly seen each other. Well, so all the different legions kind of fight on their own for the most part. Okay. And they're off in like their own bits of space. Yeah, but they have their own... We're proud. We're prouder than everybody. Yeah, we're every- more like the. Oh, okay. Oh, you'll see. Every legion has a shtick. Okay. So, oh yeah, every legion's gonna have its own shtick and everything that goes on, and they're so all different. So their shtick is they're proud and they act like twelve year olds. Well, yeah. Well, at least a couple of them act like twelve year olds. That they're that's a pursuit of perfection. That's what they keep getting into. We'll meet Fulgrim more later. Um, I I do like though. I know it is a dick measuring context contest a lot, like for sure, but. It was so satisfying to see Eidolon get put in his place so firmly yes. that I actually did like Torgon in this moment. <laughs> but I, it was the just very beginning when he's like, under the circumstances, Eidolon said, I'll understand if you don't bow. I can't for the life of me imagine any circumstances in which I would. <laughs> yeah, I did actually I like really that. liked yeah. that Well, I opening. think that that's what, you know, TV shows have done this a lot lately where they bring on an even bigger 
asshole yeah. to, to make you like someone that you mm-hmm. didn't previously like. I do also like they point out that they face to face with me and they both tear their helmets off, yeah. get chest to chest, and they point out <laughs> the radioactive wind and atmosphere <laughs> that they're G-Man's violent. Like, like, I know that they're supposed to be like, look at how tough we are, uh, but the higher scene, I can imagine them tearing their helmets off and then just like allergy sweats fits, and like nose bleeding and like coughing on right. each other as they try to fight. <laughs> like, this is the most miserable experience we are having. And we don't look tough at all. We just look super dumb that we took our helmets off. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they so we get a lot of great. Yes, and Eidolon gets smacked down hard, and it is delightful. And Torgodden mm-hmm. has a number of real slick lines yes. for it. And, of course, the big reveal um, that when he meets Tarvitz, that they're like, how did you know where to get down here? And he's like, we went where the storm went out. And it becomes clear that oh, blowing up the tree did made the, the storm go away. Mm-hmm. Tarvitz is so great. Hero. So. And then Eidolon's and then like, I totally did that. Right. Mm-hmm. And Lucius is like, yeah, he did. Oh. <laughs> Well, and Lucius gets up and he's like real mad at Torgod and he's like, I don't like him. He spoke. He's a dog. And Tarvitz is like, I like dogs. Yeah. And so they're getting a little rivalry, a little riff Mm -hmm. in their relationship. Um, I just realized I think Tarvitz and Lucius are very Rosencrantz and Guildenstern (laughs) energy, like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Right. I don't know if anyone has seen that Uh, play. That's Walter's favorite. I, in fact, at when I was in college, played uh, Guildenstern in a production of Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. It's my favorite play. Well, it's a delightful play. So, yes. (laughs) But a lot of, yeah, just back and forths. And a lot of not entirely being there. (laughs) Or like... like just like silly comic relief right. kind of off to the side. They're having their own little conversations yeah. while like really dramatic events are happening in front yes. of them. So, um, but yes, and then of course we find out that, uh, and Tarvitz tries to explain what the Emperor's Children's deal is to Tarvitz, or to, God, I'm having the same problem. <laughs> Tarek and Torgaden and Tarvitz mm-hmm. um, trying to explain that, well, how the Emperor's Children do their thing and how they're all about perfection and and trying to be the best. And Torgodden's like, you know, we fought with you a long time ago and you weren't big old assholes then. <laughs> what what all happened to you now? And they have the very awkward. I love the dude coming in when they uh, Torgodden is like, so, yeah, so Eidolon said that, like, he blew up the trees and it caused a storm to go away and was great. And that's why we came down. What do you think about that? And Tarvitz just is like, it's uh, yeah, that was good that he did that. Real smart guy. And then one of his like assistants, yeah. like. Bulls. Yes, bull, B-U-L-L-E. Well, they say bull. But yes, but I imagine him just being super mad and storming in and, you know, like he wants to say, and everyone's doing the, like, cut motion, <laughs> don't talk. Yeah, Lucius mm. is like, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> so, well, even Tarvitz first is like, hey, not we're not going to get into that first, but Lucius really doubles down, and then... Bull points out that Tarvitz actually did all the cool things, and Torgarden's like, oh, that's... I actually feel better about the fact that you blew it up because Eidolon's an idiot. So the fact that you did it makes me feel better about this entire plan. Let's go blow up some trees. So they work together. They have Terminators. They have the whole force. And now they're just kicking Mega Arachnid ass left and right. Uh, they start blowing up more trees. Um, everything's good and happy down on the planet. And then we get to Loken talks to a weird old man. So before he talks to the old man, yes, he, he reads, reads a book. Before yeah. he does that, he's speaking to two characters whose names are either, an, well, their nicknames are either and or. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm summing up my notes. I'm summing up the paragraph in my notes. 
and I don't like to look up names. Right. So I wrote this sentence, not planning it. It just came out. Loken chills with either, either, or, or. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like Dan's mission was accomplished. Yeah. He, did he did what it. he wanted to do. Um, we meet Yakton Cruz, who's some hilariously comically ancient space marine, I guess, uh, who has been fighting since the very, very beginning of the legion and no one respects them and he has like a kind of gross patchy goatee yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's like he's real old school old yes school. i i yeah. actually did i forgot i did have a an audio clip if you guys want to hear what oh, he sounds yeah. like i do want to hear what he Cruz was an irksome relic regarded by the rest of them with equal measures of affection and frustration who could not accept that the legion had matured and advanced without him we will be out of this in a day he announced categorically to Loken and Marv. You mark my words, young man. A day, and the commander will order extraction. Tarik is doing well, Loken began. The boy Torgadon has been lucky, but he cannot press this to a conclusion. You mark my words, in and out, in a day. I wish I was down there, Ma said. Foolish thoughts, Cruz decided. It's only a rescue run. I cannot for the life of me imagine what the Empress children thought they were doing going into this hell. I served with them in the early days, you know. Fine fellows, very proper. They taught the wolves a thing or two about decorum, thank you very much. Model soldiers put us to shame on the eastern fringe, so they did. But that was back then. It certainly was. He's kind of like very prim and proper yeah. sounding. And I guess this is a difference between what side of the, the ocean I'm on than the author. But like, I was definitely picturing him as like an older boomer, meathead, jarhead kind of military yeah. guy. And this is, yeah, much more British. And yeah. I kind of expect him to do a harumph in there every uh -huh. so often. <laughs> yeah. Like he used to have like a big bushy mustache that like floofs out when he harumphs <laughs> when he's about upset. these young. <laughs> Great big bushy beard. Yes, exactly. Well, during the Second War, young man, I can tell you that we did things quite a bit differently. <laughs> that's interesting. So then, oh. I like, yeah, that's interesting because I imagined also like more like grizzled old war vet. A la, I don't know if you've even seen Tropic Thunder, but like Nick yeah. Nolte's character in Tropic Thunder. I only just, know the sound it makes when it takes a man's life. Yeah, that yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's no Samus, but it's right. kind of no. interesting it's good, to hear yeah. the... Yeah. But yeah, talking to him and nobody, nobody looks. I do like also they point out that he still, when he greets people, he uses the old like one fist against the chest, like obviously Rome style salute uh, when everyone else has to do the awkward two handed bird thing, bird. <laughs> <laughs> which feels like they should just probably stick to. As we are around the table all doing it. <laughs> I do it while holding the book. Yes. Things down. I invite readers at home to, again, link their thumbs in the little bird thing to just get a reminder of how absurd it looks every time. And especially people that have like a data slate in their hand and have to like probably or tuck it awkwardly. Or a sword. Uh -huh. Under, yeah. In their mech suit thingies. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's no way they could get their thumbs. Do they twiddle their fingers like jazz we hands? All, or is it we, 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 we all. Are, yes. We're flapping. <laughs> we all presume the wings do flap as <laughs> part of the bird. Is it a stationary? Oh. Like, <laughs> probably. <laughs> that's, that's part of the greeting is birds and then caca. <laughs> As it goes, you actually have to caca caca because it's a two-headed eagle. Okay. Um, you discover so there has to be two cacas. Oh, I didn't realize. I yes. thought we were using two thumbs to make one head. No, it's two thumbs, and they're pointing the opposite direction because they are two <sighs> heads. Okay. Pointing. Anyway, 
Very important. But so Cruz uses the old salute. Enough about Cruz. He reads that book. He's like, oh, my God, these people are so cruel. How dare they? Oh, because he's reading the old timey book, The Chronicles of Ursh. And also, <gasps> people use sorcery back in the day. Could sorcery uh, be real? <laughs> and he spells magics with a K. Yeah. yeah. Well, so yeah. That's, that's how you know uh -huh. it's for real. Serious business. Well, he actually spells it with a K and a J. Yeah, J and yeah. A. Yes, M-A-J-I-K-S, magics. So um, real. There's actually a bunch of wonderful 40K style things in here. They talk about the Nordafric um as they go in so, like a lot of the locations on earth back in the day are fantastic um i love the onero critics for his like people that like read dreams oh anyway these are these are the things i live for in these books all of these like insane names for creatures and 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 things in them so uh but yes he learns about that maybe there's some magics and that going on, reads a book for a long time. Then goes to a party. Yes. And then goes to the where you find out the remembrancers are having a blast on the ship because he finally looks through. He got a data slate back in the day from Carcassy that were all pictures that Keeler took. And they're all the nice, cool pictures that he, she took back in the day on the Excuse on the loading me, dock. They're picks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're they're <laughs> they are picks. Picks. Done. Picks. <laughs> I got that T in there. <laughs> but then he finds out <gasps> she has pics of Jubal thing. Um, being all weird and swirly and looking because like because it's in a second is. folder he didn't notice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it just looks on there and it's like oh there's there's two. It's funny because the other only a tiny icon digit two betrayed that the slate was loaded with more than one file and it's like, it's like but yeah. it's right there. Yeah, I mean, it's right there. <laughs> for, as someone that if a Discord channel has a number in it indicating that there's a message i haven't read and if i can't make that go away it causes me a ton of stress mm -hmm. i cannot imagine looking at a slate and being like having that number up there and not being like i have to click on that yeah. now <laughs> um so, but counterpoint <laughs> as a person with adhd <laughs> sometimes i'm like no yeah, yes. <laughs> it's Ooh, too much i'm looking at these first pictures and done yeah and then you forget the second one exists immediately <laughs> until you see it again so. fair enough so which which side of the uh yeah. of the spectrum there do we think spectrum Logan lands on you guys ready to go get a skinful, play cards, and meet girls? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so we discover that the Remembrancers have set up a whole party atmosphere, like a bohemian party town. Like an um, 80s college movie level right. party. Yes. Like lampshades on heads, right. swinging from chandeliers. But I, I had this question for Walter, and I want to ask you guys. When they say they mostly go there to get a skinful play cards and meet girls. Do you think they mean meet girls for romantic purposes or just meet girls for the first time? <laughs> because they've never seen one before. I still and hold... why are the girls there? Are they also there to meet girls? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Probably, because I wouldn't want to meet any <laughs> I hold that still the... In later books, you find that a lot of the soldiers and naval people and everything are both men and women. Uh, but this is that early is enough not in... obvious. Oh, and this is when they're not. There's all dudes. And right. so I, mean, I feel like it's retconned. like, yeah, later. I f what I'm imagining is like, there's a reason why maybe Mercity and um, what's the other one's name? Euphrates. Euphrates aren't hanging out here because mm -hmm. they don't want to be swarmed by 
uh, dozens of men at a time. Well, <laughs> We've never talked to a woman. Yes. Before. As we discover about Keeler later, she's clearly picking guys up somewhere. I know. Yeah. So I saw that. Presumably, she doesn't need to go. Right. <laughs> Yep, yep. Um, um, you know, and do you like, know that she's smart and bright and clever? I've heard that. <laughs> Did uh, you see yeah. that there? Um, she's not like other girls. No. Yeah. They're also she's like vandalizing the place. They're mm-hmm. like scraping the guilt off of the walls and using it as currency. <laughs> so I saw, yeah. I, I kept thinking like, of what? I don't know how well you remember the movie The Gremlins, but there's a scene where they <laughs> go into the tab, the first one. Okay. It probably happens in the second one, too. But they go into the, the tavern and it's just a bunch of gremlin hijinks. It's shit like this. They're I like they're like popping popcorn yeah. and one of the gremlins is in the popcorn machine. Like, that's what these remembrancers yeah. are doing. I like that we're continuing our trend of only the timeliest references <laughs> to films and shows. We're hip. Uh, we do, yes. We know our audience. My God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, our audience of people exactly our well, age the, the, <laughs> anyone who started this that doesn't get our references hasn't made it this far no, so in that way yeah. we do know our reference well, our audience they at this immediately point stop. There, yeah <laughs> like we are sick of this um and then loken shows up and i love the idea of this like eight foot tall giant superhuman in a robe trying to like not be obtrusive <laughs> uh, when carcassy has to come over and be like hey how about we not hang out here this is weird because um, he's looking for keeler because you know he just found the weird pictures and carcassy leads him to keeler's place where you find out that keeler has been hanging out with some hard-bodied uh sinewy and tough hard-bodied and hard-faced uh man from the army i like I don't know if I would call somebody naked, but for a pair of pants. Like, I feel if you're wearing a pair of pants, you're not. Well, how all would that you naked. even know? Also, maybe he's wearing underwear under there. I mean, yeah. I mean it is. They say they're half buttoned, so I suspect mm. you can see like. You see the his, v. His, the v. his yes. Oh, I knew that was going to happen. I mean, he is hard bodied. You see so, his treasure trail. Yeah, so you know. <laughs> You know it's Treasure in there. Better. No, I don't. <laughs> like we went from V to there's V, and then there's like a more like I know. fancy sounding <laughs> name, and we just right past no, that. And we really I just tested my say, Midwestern sensibilities with all the load talker layer. <laughs> I just want to say that I am totally against that phrase. I just thought it would be funny to say it that. was. Weird. So he he comes to the door. He's only in pants. Yes. Hard body. Hard body. And she looks like she's having a hard time. Oh, yeah. I mean, she yeah. immediately starts drinking. And then, like, I, like, wanders around, like, drinking and then is, like, pulls the the sheet up over her bosom. And it's like you were you walked across the Just room. Tits out. Like, why now? <laughs> <laughs> like, why? I mean, either bring. I, th- I think what it's saying is she already had it there, but maybe she's like readjusting it to cover more. Of she had a nip slip. So she had maybe not a nip slip, but maybe she just had more cleavage than she was. I assume. Well, we'll see if this is, are we talking, this is an HBO show? Because if this is an HBO show, there's going to be tits out everywhere. I mean, that's the rules. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as yeah. we go and we'll see, we'll actually see a lot of leaf as the hard bodied soldier Ooh. is named L E E F. Uh-huh. Not that I think he's important later, but another like, <laughs> that's your name you're going for. OK, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, he's well, like, hey, I brought the thing. I see that you set the pics um, and she's like, yeah, I really wanted to know what this thing was. And he's like, well, I can't. It's like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I'm doing I'm doing better now. Yeah. And it's like, are are you? And then he he brings the stuff out. She's like, ah! yeah, <laughs> no, you're um, not OK. <laughs> I the only thing I could think of in that scene, and it's I don't remember who brought it up. 
last time was her passing the flask to him and how small the flask would be. Yes, again. Because again, I, mean. I, like, I would never have thought of it, but someone pointed it out with the wine bottles and the oh, wine right. glasses. Or it's, yeah. And I yeah. think in this scene too, he sits on a stool or something yeah. and he's just like, yeah. And like, the, she uh, passes like, here's a flask and he like takes it, then hands it. I don't even know if he takes a drink, but like it says that they pass it back and forth and I'm like, it would be so small. I feel like they'd, be, little... they'd have to be really careful about what stools they're sitting on so they just yeah. don't go up their butthole. <laughs> I'm once again, I thought I was following you. It took a turn. It wasn't exactly. Like, we're all like, because it would break and you'd fall down. I think the wet load has really set us on Does it have a flared base? <laughs> this side of the table is on one page. I'm gesturing to Shannon and myself. And then there's Eric and Walt. <laughs> we are... With our no. delicate sensibilities. <laughs> I think uh, I think listener numbers are going one direction or another after this episode. <laughs> I don't know which way, but definitely make it on going one direction or, or another. Okay, but uh, are we? Uh, what do we got left in? Oh, then we find out that she's all messed up and scared mm-hmm. and talking about the thing. And, but then she realizes that she she has trust, quotes, in the Imperium and in the Space Marines and that kind of thing. And then you find out. She as, got God. Yes, that she as God. Really is, yes. So is that the pa- that's the pamphlet? Maybe yes, she had? got the pamphlet. Mm-hmm. Also, he kisses her on the forehead at one point, which feels like a very strange mm-hmm. thing for a space he marine her to whole do. Forehead, yeah, just, yeah. again, <laughs> this nice. awkwardly sized. Um, and then they point out they have to very specify that naked she pads over to a cupboard, mm-hmm. um, and she gets a little figurine of the emperor, and she has some candles, and she has a dog-eared pamphlet. And she starts praying to the emperor and da, da, da. Um, then you find out as the end of the chapter that everyone's flipping out because Sanguinius, Sanguinius himself has come. Leading to chapter seven, the emperor throws a killer party. Sad angel boy. Why didn't you read the sign? Mm. So first we have to get right back to going way back in the past and Loken telling Mercedy about the triumph at Ulanor, which was this huge Wait. battle that happened. Was this way in the past? Because he said at some point during these other chapters, mm, I got to tell her about that triumph of Ulanor. Well, That's it's a good one. It's the time when it's a while ago, like not like years and years ago, but it's like when Horus became the war master. No, I know. And not just a uh, dude. Are you saying him telling her about this is happening in the past? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a week or so earlier <laughs> yeah. during one of the regular oh previous God. interviews. Yeah. <laughs> So I can't keep Dan Abnett all over the place. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, like, I really love how much he was focused on how good the Mechanicum is at terraforming. Yes. And all I could think about is how good they would be at Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> <laughs> um, Killer. Yeah, yes. they're going to level that island. Yeah. Do the whole thing. Real quick. Nothing left. But yes, they they talk about the big triumph at Olinor and all the ton of the Primarchs are there. Ambassadors are sent. Everyone looks cool. Angron is red and angry, which reminds you that Angron's name is dumb. Um, <laughs> Dorn, solid and placable. Magnus, veiled in mystery. And Sanguinius, of course. So perfect. So charismatic. Um, and then we get to see Sanguinius, um, the now third Primarch that we've met from yet another legion of the blood angels um and yeah uh, i'll point out to all of you who are maybe new to to the warhammer world the guy in charge of the blood angels name is blood Mm -hmm. is bloody blood blood does he have wings 
Are I, they like <laughs> fake wings or they can he use them wings? And I was wondering who would bring that up first because it's sort of an off handed like, oh, yeah, he's got wings uh-huh. like <laughs> he folded his wings. Yeah. Just Whatever, like, cordially across his back. So they're not something. part of his armor, they're part of his no, body. No, he just has wings. I assumed it was Love his it. armor and did not pick up on that yeah. at all. Okay. It's, they don't, they just kind of leave it that it's like, oh yeah, this one Primarch, he can fly. Cool. So he's over the Mechanicum? No, he's over the Blood Angels. Blood Angels. Oh, right. Yes, because his guys. name is yes, Bloody yes, yes. Blood Blood. I remember. Okay. Um, we will see that there are a number of Primarchs that have unfortunate names because, again, these names were originally written in the 80s. Um, they didn't really know what they were doing at the time, and now they're sort of locked into them. Um, I know this is the burning question on everyone's mind from when I very quickly earlier looked for Lucian's fanfic. <laughs> um, but if you just wanted to know what the number one ship was on the Horus Heresy, uh, oh, uh, fandom, it's uh, Horus and Sanguinius. So oh. I don't have any context for that, but Ooh. I just thought I would they're brothers. Throw that out there. Well, so. there's there's a big old hug. Yep. In here. So. He does seem like his most beloved brother, yeah. yes. I would say. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves Sanguinius. Well, we're um, he have a ship there's him? some people at home. There's some people at home listening to this podcast that are going, Ugh! but we will leave that all in the future for okay. now. <laughs> about, oh, because, yeah. about because they know things. Horse, like I said, things. I have zero context. That was just right. what I saw on the internet. <laughs> I am unsurprised at yeah. that being okay. the number one. Um, but we meet Sanguinius. Uh, he's real bummed about his his boys, the Blood Angels, getting killed. Um, they're going to, I think, paint ritual tears of grief on his cheeks. And he's like, no, I have real tears. <laughs> Which feels like a little dickish for any of the times that they did paint the tears on his cheek. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't give a fuck about these guys. I didn't know who those like, were. This no. one time is real. All those other times, mm, no. Um, and he's like. He's putting gray ash on his cheeks, and he's just the most emo of Primarchs. I love him so much. I feel like for people who have no rituals, they sure have a lot of rituals. (laughs) They do love themselves a ritual. Um, But that they get there and that they're going to go and fight, and they're not going to do it for vengeance, but they're going to do it for vengeance. And then there's a lot of talk about... This comes back, this is at the beginning of the section, and now back here about... Man, isn't it awesome to fight aliens because we don't have to give a shit about them? And it's like, this is uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> like, I know these are supposed to be like big spaceship troopers, starship troopers, bugs sort of things. But you know that they're fighting other aliens sometimes that like obviously have cultures and like beliefs and thoughts and feelings. And they're like, oh, God, I love killing aliens because I don't have to care about their thoughts and feelings. Right. Isn't that good? Murder, murder, murder. Well, but like even like they noticed earlier, there's something to this planet, even if they can't communicate with them. And even if they look like giant bugs, there seems to be some sort of like sentience or intelligence in there. But but yes, um, but they yeah, don't have to care about that because they're Xenos. Um, but they war together. They're going to get in there and we get to see the the blast through there. They they white, you know, like kind of gloss over the entire slaughter that happens. Uh, and then you find out at the end, the payoff a big fleet of ships arrives. They speak with kind of musical undertones and they're basically saying, didn't read the goddamn signs. <laughs> what What are you doing? Um, that some other humans have arrived that apparently set up these beacons that were mentioned at the very beginning. So are they part of 
the Emperor's Empire? No. Okay. Are they part of his new groove? Yeah. <laughs> we will so see in if, part three. I've never seen that movie. Are. I I've don't get the reference either. at all, but I made it anyway. It's a pretty good movie. That's fine. Yeah. I've, heard, I've heard it's like the internet tells me it is like a terrific, great movie. Sorry to oh, sidetrack at the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. We do that a lot. Well, I, I, like, I don't know if it matters if they read your signs then it doesn't matter whether you're humans or not they're going to want to conquer you yeah. and put you pull you into the empire so i don't understand what the big deal is yet well i think they, these people well, we'll see in in section three okay. the dreadful so, sagittarius is this where we we say our our theories on yes who these humans are yeah, exactly and what these are? what's going on with them i i don't know but i was thinking maybe they're trying to breed some sort of super soldiers to help them in some way Okay, like this is a, a like a research this place. This is a research place okay. yeah, of some sort, military research. Or there's something dangerous on the planet that the spiders are keeping. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I like that theory. I, my theory was more, is this like a competing empire that's like started from an opposite edge of the galaxy? Mm, okay. Um, that is doing some sort of they're something on their with own this planet, crusade. but like they're on their own crusade and we're going to see them clash. All um, right. So. Interesting. Well, we'll see what that goes on. That was the longest section of the book, and the next one is going to be real short, so we're going to have a lot of time to kind of dig into. Okay. We're going to be going on sidetracks. Well, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll get to talk about the book as well. Then, yeah, we can wrap up at the end. Yeah. So Maybe we can we're going to talk about Game of Thrones some more. I, Maybe undoubtedly. we can get some more super secret clips of the TV show that's under development. Yes, fine. Yeah. Well, I can only hope. Um, I can only hope that we're reached out to again by some of our fans. <laughs> what was that email? The email? Uh, it was a Kenry Havel at right. uh, gmail.com. Right, right. So I don't know who it's from, but right. um, I think someone who's probably got some inside connections. So if you're out there, Kenry. Uh, we could any other any other insight you want to offer would be real appreciated. Um, so for next episode, we're going to be reading uh, part three, which we'll start over at chapter one again. Uh, the Dreadful Sagittary that through the rest of the book. Smallest section. So originally gonna... separate books that they moved into one book. Nope. Okay. Just how 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 uh, okay. Dan Abnett wants to do. All right. So. All right. But um, that is the episode for today. Anybody have any 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 things, any plugs, any recommendations, any discussion of, of things Warhammer or not Warhammer related? No. All right, feeling good. All right. I mean, yeah, we, we should have our website at 0240k.com. Yes. Go there first and then go to Eric Strangefellow with a K.com. Wait, is it? Eric Strange Fellow with a K.com. Like they spelled okay. the words As I was you. saying that, I was like, I need to go buy that. Well, that's that's amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think we need to get the other zero to 40 K's that aren't just numbers. All the ways to spell it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then we will see you next episode. Finish up Horus Rising. And we'll see how how Horace finishes being risen. So then in, in conclusion, uh, Henry, uh, just so you have some information from across the pond, uh, what would you refer to as a wet load? What is that? We just really want the British perspective on that. <laughs> Thanks. See if it's changed over the years. <laughs> All right. See you next episode. Walter knew Warhammer real well, so he seized every opportunity to tell anyone he could about the books, but no one ever gave them a second look. So he thought, hey, I'll start a podcast. And he gathered around him together at last. Three friends willing to jump into the fray and go from zero to 40. Zero to 40K was created by our Warmaster, Walter Stewart. 
production by Administrator Shannon Tierney. Music by Eric Strangefellow. Special thanks to Sarah Fecky. Check out everything we're up to at 0240k.com.